Hi, I'm Mario Evan, and you're listening to Talk Trot, a weekly inspired podcast discussing the things that most people are afraid to, but from a Jamaican perspective. From relationships, sex and sexuality, to the ins and outs of entrepreneurship, in this space we speak about almost anything with the intention to inspire, educate, entertain, and create a fair and balanced space where your truth shall become your power and set you free. Hey guys, welcome to the next episode of Talk Trot. And I have a friend of mine with me. He goes by the name of Jason Evans. And Jason is a Jamaican native. He's a fellow Libra like me. He's from Bulway. And he has really had a very interesting life journey. Uh, Jason, I like to ask my guests to introduce himself. So welcome to Talk Truth and tell us who you are and some of what you do. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mario, for having me on Talk Truth. You know, uh, <laughs> it's a pleasure it's been a to be here. long time coming. I know, right? Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's really a pleasure to be here. Ah, who is Jason? Well, uh, as I said, I'm a Libra. Big up to all of the October Big people up to out the there. You don't know. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but who I am, I am a, I would consider myself as a philanthropist for some ah. reason. Um, yeah. I, I, I am a very hardworking individual who likes to see other people strive. Um, you know, in all the roles that I have given in life, it's always <clears throat> probably 80% or to nine or a hundred percent. It's always a leadership role, uh, given me the opportunity to impart and give back to people in some way. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's just why I'm in a nutshell. And, um, I guess for probably further in the interview, you will, or in our conversation, you will hear more, <laughs> in our yeah, conversation, about- you will hear more and, and, and some more of what I do about why you became a leader or are a natural leader. Um, all right, well, oh, before we move on, because I'm going to move on, but before we move on, Jason actually is kind of a founding contributor to the Talk Truth podcast. And you see this microphone here, even though you cannot see it, it's on a mic stand. And Jason Evans himself, <laughs> in the early days when he was about to start a podcast, actually knew that I needed some equipment. And again, he's... Kindness and philanthropy, he acquired my two mic stands from my condenser mics. So, Jason, thank you for that because these mic stands are still in use. Well, I, I use never. Very regularly. You never even remember, so you give away a ticket. You say you love kind, you love give away a ticket. I never knew you were going to say that. And, and <laughs> no, we're saying it because people need to know that um, this is the episode is a spirit of kindness. So again, it ties in perfectly. All right, Jason, tell us a little bit about growing up in Jamaica. Tell us about your childhood in Bulby. Ah, my childhood. Uh, what I, uh, by the way, I'm, by the way, I'm writing a book from my childhood days to my ah. present state. So uh, there are some things that I'll mention that is in the book, but I won't go too yeah. much in detail. Don't, don't get in everything. Because, <laughs> yeah, but growing up in Bulby, uh, I grew up in a household of how many of us was there? Probably five siblings in total, including myself, five of us. Yeah. And I actually grew up in a one bedroom with no bathroom uh, and a piece of kitchen hanging off on the one bedroom in a tenement yard, a family tenement yard. So I grew, uh, my mom and my father, 
you know, all of us in the one bedroom with two beds. So me and my other siblings, we sleep on one bed. And when it can't hold, the, the older one go up on the floor. And, you know, I grew in that environment for probably uh, maybe five years or five years and until things five changed. Years. Yeah, but my, uh, before so two that, beds, though, two, two beds, two one beds. kitchen. Yeah, man, one, two bedrooms. One well, one bedroom, one piece of kitchen, not even work out when rain falls. You, know, you, you can't stay in there when rain falls. <laughs> so one piece and, of and for kitchen. The non, and for the non-Jamaicans, um, <laughs> explain to them the concept of a tenement yard. So a tenement in yard. Jamaican context. Okay. Yeah. So a tenement yard is basically where you have several houses in one space. So on one property. On, on one, one piece property. of land. On one piece of land. So you have right. uh, at that time we had probably over uh, 95 people living in that one space, but we're all family, we're all related. So, uncle, auntie, cousin, granny, uh, everybody's right. in that one place. Right. So it's one big, one big family yard. Um, and in the absence of no bathroom in the house, did you guys have like a pit toilet or pit latrine? No, man, we have one, we have, we have, we have we must say, so even though our house doesn't have a, one next house <laughs> a bathroom. bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> even though our house doesn't have a bathroom attached to it, there is bathroom and the yard that you can use right, that you right, have access right. to they call it the public the tenement yard bathroom then so to speak i mean i got call bull bay country <laughs> but, but you can decide in jamaica a lot of people in rural jamaica have pit latrines but bull bay you know call bull bay country no you call no, it country no not not really i mean some people some people call it country country but for me it's it's too close to kingston to be country it's like uh, yeah, 10 minutes yeah, drive from kingston so yeah all right, tell us, all right, continue the journey. So you say you were in that situation for about five years. Yeah. And um, what what was next for you? Yeah, before that, uh, before I remember going into that situation, I remember my mother was a, was an, she was an entrepreneur and they owned uh, uh, a grocery shop back in the community. And that grocery mm-hmm. shop was like a little mini supermarket. It was very popular and they were making a lot of, money from it i remember as a child cashing out money and you know serving people and counting money and putting something in my pocket and all them something there um <laughs> you know it was it was that and i remember one family member of ours got ill they were in the country and my mom decided to close the shop turn it into a house so that that relative could come from country to to live in that house and i remember that was where that was when I felt that things took a turn for my family. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so we, in a good we are, or bad way. In a more more of a uh, I'll say more, more of a, a bad way. Yeah, in a negative turn. In a not as good way. Yeah, mm-hmm. in a yeah in a not as good way. And then we had to. Men shutting down the business, right? Right. That, yeah, that men shutting. I, I still don't understand why my mom did it, but what I mm-hmm. gather from it is that she wanted to help, and she she she, she rather. Her family member had somewhere to live than to have a business. Right. It's weird, I, and sometimes I think of it. I'm like, "Wow, mom, you really did that." You know, like <laughs> probably I would have rent somewhere or put her somewhere else than than to close. So, right. I, honest, I don't know if there were any other uh, factors, factors that, that contributed. Right, right. As mm-hmm. a child, but as a child growing up, I see shop lock, turning a house, see, you know that type of thing. So, I, you know, to this day, my mom don't talk much about. The reasons as to why right 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 you know, but you know as happened. you become an adult there are many things in your childhood you'll never know the details of. right you know you, <laughs> you just never life, know right? 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. So back to the tenement yard now, we grew up in there until, you know, things start turning around again and one more room add on and, you know, we start adding kitchen now and we start adding bathroom right. and living room. Right. So the one bedroom start to expand now and get bigger and bigger right. until, you know, um, yeah, that, 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 that was, uh, that was it for that period of time. I remember things just start turning around. My father got a good job at the airport and things were coming in now and, you know, things start seems nice and my mother start. She was a traveler. She would go abroad right. and buy things and come back and sell. And, you know, things just start getting better for us. Um, and it only got better. Like, I think it only got better where I went to uh, St. Benedict's Primary School. Mm-hmm. Uh, we used to walk to school, by the way, because it's like five minutes from the exactly. house. And we used, and we used right. to come back home for, for lunch. Because sometimes no money right. in the day, so yeah, we just... Um, boom, <laughs> yeah, for boom, boom, and then go back to school, and then mm-hmm. go back to school, you know. And then, right, I, I, uh, I wouldn't say I failed my GSAT, but I mean, it wasn't as, uh, it wasn't one of those traditional high schools, but you know, right, that's a story in itself, Mario. We have to talk about right? that probably some other Wait day. Say, it, wasn't, it wasn't like a six ones and a two twos, right? Oh my, oh my gosh, oh my god, you never tell them, you never tell them where you get, trust me. <laughs> But I mean, I'm proud. I'm, I'm proud of where I went, by the way. You know, so. Right. But yeah. Question. So you mentioned in your mom closing the shop to allow the family member to stay, right? Um, would you say that some of your kindness and your charitable nature comes from your parents? I mean, you spoke about your mom. Yeah. Yeah, Can I think so. Some? Yeah, I think my mom, uh, you know, she's always giving. She's... She's that one, you know, back growing up in that tenement yard. I remember we were the only ones who had a TV in the yard right. growing up as right. a child. And my house used to full. My mother used to accommodate right. everybody. She used to say, come, man, you know, come watch the TV, man. Sit and you don't feel like I am going to sit in this in the in the chair, in the good chair and everybody. The and chair, right. She's not up for that life. Everybody have, have equal access. You know, that type of thing that she treat other people other people's children with such care like like you know with such and when she cooking a mario everybody went at the house and watch tv i get them plate of food it no matter who it, it no matter if them ask yes now she just i say every me i go share food now who want talk and you know she just get everybody food and that type but, I, apparent, but you, yeah no finish from me but that type <laughs> of yeah and I, I i watched i you know those principles that i see saw in her and I mm-hmm. think those are what kind of mold me into the type of person that I am in terms of uh, looking out for each other, like having a genuine uh, interest in, in in the people around me. Like once you're around me, it's like my my instincts, my my drive is to ensure that you are in a better state, you know, that type of thing. And I think it comes from my mother's concern about other people. Yeah, I mean, I guess I was leaning to wondering if, being kind is something that is innate for some people or something mm-hmm. that's learned. And I yeah. think for you, based on what I know, you have both. I think you're naturally a kind person. I might be the Libra. Um, but, but also, <laughs> I, think, I think your, your situation with your growing up made you, made you kind as well. Um, would you regret your life, your early childhood in the tenement yard? Do you think that that is a large part of it as well? Being uh, in a community, no. being around other people, having to share. 
No. Whether you like it or not. No, I do. I I don't regret it. I think I like that. It's it's it is so much. Uh, you can learn so much from being around a lot of people, uh, and as well as it could have gone the other way, where you know the influence and. <laughs> Probably if we get into that, I'll tell you about some of the influence that, you know, the, the bad things that I uh, that mm. I took on live, coming out of the tenement yard sitting. And, you know, right. it's, I, I don't regret because there's a lot of things that I learned from many different people. There are lessons that I've seen people, you know, pe- cousins gone through that I'm like, that not happened to me. You know, that won't right, happen to me. Right, so right, right. It, I don't, I don't, I don't regret at all, no. Yeah, because there, there are many positives in community, but when you're in spaces where you cannot escape other people, yeah. you, have, you can have a lot of things that happen to you, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, <laughs> we, we move on. We move on from that. All right, so so you move on. You said the GSAT never go so good. So what happened after GSAT? You're moving on along the ropes now. Why? In education and stuff. Why after GSAT, my mother got every every. Every traditional high school you can think of in a Kingston to get me transferred. And everywhere right. she go, them them say the grades them don't look too at at all. <laughs> <laughs> we can't bother, we can't we, we, we we're not we're not accepting him because of the grades. So right, I ended up right, having right. to stay at Down Quarry High School, which big up to all DQ people, you know. Right. <laughs> you know, I went to Down Quarry High School and you know, I my journey at Down Quarry High School. And I think that's where it tra- I think that's where my interest in the academics really blossomed. When I went to Down yeah. Quarry in seventh grade, Mario, I have absolutely no friend. Me just go, go to school and as the bell ring, me daddy bust up, me daddy fuss me out because at that time the school had a bad reputation of crime, uh, of violence. Like, uh, violence uh, children were carrying knives to school. So all right. that type of you know, behavior drove fear in me. So when school, mm-hmm. as the bell ring, me gone. You're gone. And you know, right. what happened is that I remember in seventh grade, I was doing my own thing. And I'd hear my name over the intercom, Jason Evans, report to the vice principal office, Jason Evans. I said, what me do? At the time, I, I, I was so timid. And Mario, me, 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 timid bad. Because me, at yeah. that time, me did stammer. So, Mario, we're coming up to the stammer part. That time, I'm <laughs> nervous. I don't know what me do now. I mean, I forgot to talk to vice principal. I'm just afraid. So, anyway. Right. <laughs> anyway, I went to the office and she was like, um, oh, I just wanted to know who is Jason Evans because you topped the entire grade seven in academics. And I was, me? Yeah, the, right. The, Finally, the whole, I, I hear your time now. Yeah, me talking about grade seven. We like, I, I was so shocked because I was just doing my own thing. You know, I was just doing my yeah. schoolwork. I didn't even know that they had a an award ceremony that they award students for doing excellent. Yeah, and mm-hmm. all, all of them things there. So she said, "Well, I'm letting you know that you will be invited to the award ceremony, and you can tell your, your mother and your father about it." And because you are the top student for grade seven. And I think that's that was when it hit that, you know, click about Minasa Dunce, you know. You know, yeah, Minasa. You realize you had a lot of a lot of potential. Yeah, man, realize I have a lot of 
potential. And I had a farm teacher, Miss McLeish Tracy. She's in the United States now, Big Arrow. That farm yeah. teacher really helped me to grow and develop into who I am today. They took a keen interest because they saw something in me that I didn't see. And, you know, that was where in grade seven, I felt that my academic potential just soar, you know, just went up through the roof. And, you know, uh, it's it's a whole story in itself, Mary. There are so many compartments right, of right, these right. stories. I know. <laughs> I, just I, know. I, was here thinking, so, I was here thinking many things. I was thinking, one, that's the first time you're happy somebody calls your name on a high school intercom. <laughs> and pulling up, just, just this week, I tweeted what you just said. I said, many times, someone else will see your potential long before you. Yeah. And um, we give thanks to the people that see it because they're the ones that mold us. It's a great life lesson that we're here to inspire others. Yeah. Which absolutely. you have done. I'm going, I'm going to actually help you out of these years now because we want to move to you starting a foundation. And um, I am very aware of your foundation. And when I did some research, I re- realized I, I saw help a child sometimes and then I saw friends of a child. Tell us, at what point did you create a foundation and why? All right. <clears throat> Back... Uh... Back in 2016. Yeah, you can fill in some of the spaces if it helps to right? get us up to here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Back in 2016, you know, I I'm originally from Bull. I think I moved, I moved from my parents' house and I, you know, I went to live on my own when I was 18. I just moved out. I felt that I, I was in a good financial state because I right. went abroad to work and I was making <clears throat> I was making big income. Like I was making a lot of money for my age. So I <clears throat> thought that probably, well, may I make money? You go rent a nice apartment somewhere nice because, you know, moving out of the tenement space, moving out of the yard. And, you know, I, I moved. And I remember one December, I went back to my mom's house. And there were some children in the community that I saw. And it was around Christmas time. And the children, the picnic them look they looked like they needed some form of help, you know? Because it was Christmas, right, and, right. you know, people trying to fix it up, you know, fix up themselves. Right, and, fix up themselves, yeah. fix up themselves. Not yeah, eating and, festivities. Yeah, it's supposed to be a nice time. Right. And, and I they saw never look like they might have such a nice time. No, no, honestly, they yeah. did kind of look, you know? And then when I did my investigations, because, you know, you can't just see people so and assume. You have to actually know the facts. Because I didn't want right. to offend anybody. So I did Absolutely. my investigations and I asked questions and I said, you know, whose children are these? I could find out what we can do. And so I found out for legitimately that they were not, they, them give up on Christmas. Them like, you know, we just do what we have to do, live because we just can't really afford it. And I took it upon myself and I brought those kids. I think it was four children at the time. Four. I brought them to carry them at town myself. And me tell them if you just pick anything they want. Me say, anything you want for Christmas? Me married that time, me no business if they want to pick their things. Me say, when you just pick. If you see something you yeah. like it, I just, I wanted just to give you. them, yeah, I wanted to give them that opportunity to, you know, to, to feel loved and appreciated and to have that type of uh, different freedom. experience. Yeah. Yeah, so, freedom of choice. Yeah, yeah. freedom of choice, and it, they, they have never, they have never, they never gone, had that. Yeah. Never, they never, they never go they shopping. They get what they get. They, 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 they work with what they have. 
always. That's oh, yeah, exactly. And I said to myself, you know, I'm not going to give them no old bro. You know, I ask nobody if them not have no clothes where them no where them right, no one. Right, I, things I, that I are just, used, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean it's okay for some for some of course, of scenarios, course. but for me I wanted to be the, I wanted to give them a real, you know, a good feeling. So the children they went to town and they picked their shoes and them, you know, picked them clothes, Christmas clothes that they want and Mario, the jo- the the joy, and uh, that came from those children' uh, face and their family. That the, right. it, it, it's as if the happiness was tangible, and it was it made me feel like I was living. You know, it made wow. it, it, yeah. it made me feel like wow. You know how good they these children feel. And, right. and if I can create this for someone, yeah, and I thought that's to myself, right? yeah. yeah, and I, you know, I thought to myself that if I created that impact, what would I want to make it bigger, like you know, bigger and better, and you know, grow? So the following yeah. year, I recruited some people and I started to beg some money, and I and <laughs> yes, I. <laughs> I know, right? And I and I extended the program. I invited people to recommend people who they know who have a legitimate need for help. And we got a team of people. At that time, it was called Help a Child. So we, we started, no, we just fling it out there as Help a Child. It wasn't... Help a Child, right. Yeah, it wasn't, um, it wasn't registered or anything. So we just, you know, we call it Help a Child and work with the name and see what will happen. And... How you decided who would have been, would have been a part of the team? Yeah, man. We just we asked well, first friends, family. Well, I I threw it out in a group that I had, and I said, "Hey, I'm doing this mm-hmm. charity drive. If anybody who is interested, please sign up." And you know, people just jump on it and say, "My the president now for the foundation was one of the persons who immediately jump onto my WhatsApp and say, "Hey, Jason, I would love to be a part of this thing," and you know. Right now, she's actually the managing director for Friends of a Child Health Foundation, Peter Gay Ferguson, Bigaro. Right, right. You know, and then that—that's where it started. You know, it just—it it, it just grew from there. People, we got over a couple hundred thousands of dollars in that begging drive. Like wow. I, I went all out, wow. and it was only family and friends. Like I didn't approach corporate Jamaica. I didn't approach anybody. It was just money from my income family and friends that really drove it. And I think we had like 20 children. We took them to Max's and Max's came on board and gave us massive discounts for the program. So big up Max's and um, Payless as well came on board and gave us discounts for that project. Um, and then we just took them shopping. We just let them go into the stores, Mario and the children. These these children, one, them never got shopping yet from the day they born. And it was more of uh, to to watch the excitement and the happiness that came from their faces. And when you look on them parents' right. face that are outside, it it was more like, "Wow, I can't believe this is real!" Like somebody really helping me this Christmas, somebody really giving back. Some it was it was it was a feel it, the it was a good feeling for all of us, the team members and everybody. So. You know, I love then, to play devil's advocate sometimes, Jason, because I know that there will be people listening to this who might say, if you have money that you raise, why not make them buy books or why not contribute to school fee? Mm-hmm. 
why create an experience of shopping? Um, granted, I, I love the idea of it. I love right. the idea <laughs> of allowing a child to have an experience that they never had. Yeah. And, and how that may trickle down into their life later down, as much as it seems superficial in, to some people. They might say, oh, shopping? What yeah. you would say to that, to those people? Well, uh, I mean, when I just started the foundation, it was on that premise. It was on that idea of taking uh, less fortunate children, giving them a new experience in life, broadening their perspective, their mindset, creating a different experience that they have never had before. Um, that in itself, no one can take away that um, that type of new perspective from that child. Um, right. We, uh, even though we take them shopping, a part of it that people don't know is that we ask individual parents what are their need, and mm. some may say, mm. "I need, I, I need uh, shoes, I, I need books, clothes, right? I need something." So right. we we actually have a portion that we give to the parents sometimes it's 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 a meal that they that they that they ask for that they say right. well you right. know we really don't have no food to cook so what we do we have monies aside that we give uh, to the parents for the need that they identify and it may not be right. a big portion of the money but we try to meet that need but the core of the core of the foundation at that time was to give these less fortunate mm -hmm. children a new experience, something that they, as a child, when you have that experience, it never, it will never leave you. It will you never know? leave and you. I it, mean, it, you, you it, can when you think back, when you think back to your childhood, you can remember the first time you did experience something with a exactly. just new and bright. You know, the like first, you go to go to Hope Zoo where you go, just like you go somewhere you'd have never go before. <laughs> exactly. Oh, you, remember. Yeah, you remember. You remember. I remember the first time I went shopping as a child with my mother. I left, I, I she, she allowed me to shop for myself, took yeah. what I want. And Mario, I kid you not, I left that bag downtown at the bus stand and somebody grabbed the bag. I will never forget yep. get that experience. <laughs> So no, all you have is the experience. I have experience. All I have the experience. I mean, I have the things. The things gone. So, <laughs> so you no, know, giving them that experience that none can take yeah. that away from them. And in, in their in their later life, you it, that experience can you know create good people. They can remember. Oh, when I was a child, somebody did do this for me. So let me in turn return the favor. You may never know. So that was the and you know, that, yeah. Mm -hmm. That was, I was the, gonna say there are other levels to it too. Yeah. yeah. That was the that was <laughs> that was the core of what we were doing at that time, which as you know, the foundation took a turn. Evolved, we, right? It evolved. Yeah, yeah it, 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 mm -hmm. it we 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 evolved. We actually uh, a team member and myself, uh, mm -hmm. we actually went to uh, we went to Portland, Oregon in the United States okay, in 2018, yeah. I think it was. In 2018, yeah, 2018, 2019, thereabouts. And we went to a, a charity organization that they were called Friends of the Children. Friends of mm -hmm. the Children Portland, mm -hmm. something to that extent. And what they had, their... their uh, their 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 method of helping at-risk children and the impact of how their method really helped families 
I was in awe. I, I, I went to the meeting and they shared everything with us. They, they asked us if we want to uh, partner with them, be a chapter in Jamaica and all of that thing. And, you know, it right. was all the feel so good feeling. And, mm. Yeah, we got mm. that option. And it was just, you know, it was just a good vibe, uh, good people. And I came back to Jamaica, went to the team, and I said, hey, team, yeah, I went to visit this charity organization, and this is what they're offering us. This is what they do, and I see value in it. And given the fact that Jamaica is one of the most, I don't want to say it on here, Jamaica needs help when it comes down to crime and violence. Right, um, right, right. You know, it was more of a, I felt the need that the charity could be impactful in that era where we help at-risk youth, provide them with a mentor and help at-risk youth to, uh, to, trans- to be transformed. And, you know, mm-hmm. I went to the board members and I said, hey, team, no, I want to think about this new direction. Like, I felt... So you never bought a create, you never bought a create a Jamaica chapter, but you borrowed, you borrowed some of their principles. Uh, yes. We, what we did, we, 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 we took their their uh like their uh, framework kind of almost their framework Framework? yes Mm -hmm. that yes that's the word i'm looking for we took their framework and we make it relevant to jamaica um like there are certain things that they uh like they did that you know i mean it's good for this the states but it wasn't probably wasn't appropriate for yeah so what we did we actually altered their framework to make it suit the jamaica uh, the Jamaica culture, and right, that's right. that was when Friends of a Child Help Foundation um, was the new name was born. That we thought it's that, registered now. Yeah, man, registered, and we are a <laughs> legitimate charity organization in Jamaica. Uh, we filing right. with taxes, and we're doing with financial statement published, and go on our website. It's all there. Um, you know, so it's. Uh, that was when Friends of a Child Help Foundation, the name, was born. And we, cho- we chose that name because it gives an idea as to what we do. We are helping right. children and we are being friends of these children. So in essence, what the foundation um, uh, does is that we, we hire mentors. And this was deliberate. Mm-hmm. Um, what we did, we... Because, you know, Mario, Jamaica have a culture of of um sometimes we volunteer but it's very short-lived like jamaica yeah, yeah, our yeah, culture yeah. doesn't facilitate long-term volunteerism it has it's to true, be like true. yeah man trust me it, you give it, money you give yeah man they do a health fair you step out but you never ever live there forever. no uh-uh yeah no but yeah. and, 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 it's like and, a short visit yeah man it's, it's you know for real and i do understand because of the economic situation in jamaica like nobody's gonna take up their time for two years and to volunteer in an organization that really gives off their time and energy. So, you know, one of my things for the foundation is that we hire these mentors and pay them a monthly stipend. This way, what we this way, what it will do is create a, a commitment to the right, men right, right. to the mentee. To because, the mentee, right? Yeah, that was important. Incentivize the mentor, right? Right. So we incentivize and people like them. incentive. Yeah, man, mm-hmm. you get a medical change and say, listen, you have to submit a report at the end of the month in order to be eligible for your incentive. So therefore you have to go to your right. mentee and spend time. So what the 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 core the, the core of the uh, 
the core of the program was that each mentor had to spend, uh, uh, I think, 16 hours per month with their mentee, intentional and deliberate. So they had to visit their 16, homes. 16, so it's like about four like hours four, a week. Yeah, four hours a week. So what they had to do, they had to... What is my math? Four, fours is what? <laughs> four, that was so hour, four, four, 16. And also, okay, eight, I thought so. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that yeah, was so, 16. yeah. Right. That was so brain. <laughs> I said, go. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So it basically, they had to, in that month, they had to visit the school and they had to go into the community. And they had to take the right. child outside of the community. That way, it you know it shows that you know, the mentor is there, and you know the mentor is being a big brother, big sister type of uh, support. Right. For these and children. I like that there was some framework to the mentorship. So you know, the yeah, community, out of community, you have an hour time, you have a report, and I guess within that, there's some other things that you would want them to do as well, right? Right, right, right. And then and you match the mentee to the mentor. Yes, man. To we ensure that they yeah, can, man, um, the, the kind of fit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man, definitely. Mm-hmm. So we had our orientation, and we had mentees coming, and we assessed each of them, and we assessed the strength of the mentor and what the needs of the mentee are and then we place them um accordingly and mario it worked well like it legitimately yeah. um, it costs money you know but because yeah. you had to pay these mentors per month and then we have a support system where we we have a chunk of the budget that we give to uh, mentee support so there are times when the family may say listen me can't send john gas school and me can't send whatever so and so go to school. We had to step in as a foundation to say, hey, part of our part of our assessment, part of our um, evaluation is to ensure that these children are always in school. Um, so we had to provide lunch money. So what we did, we we supplied the schools with the lunch money, not the parents. We we don't give the right, parents the money. just so that you, just yeah, to man. ensure that other right, things just don't to, happen. Right. That can yeah. happen, right? Yeah, I mean exactly, and these are at risk youth and. Our assessment, to, uh, most of these and children people are also from... have bills too. Yeah, uh, exactly. To the parents that it might end up somewhere else. Exactly. <laughs> Respectfully, but so... yeah, life. Yeah, man. So we actually had that in place where if a child needs anything, that the mentor reports to the foundation, and then we offer the help that we can give. Um, and it, it Mario, oh, it okay. works so well. Like mm-hmm. we have, well, we eh? have. Oh my gosh, we have mentees who. The school, I remember one school that, you know, they said that we are going to expel the student and, and, and kick the student out. The student it was too bad. Like the parent had to go to the school every single week. I kid you not. And the school, by the way, our mentees are 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 are, are selected by their the schools. So what we did, we approached okay. the schools and we asked the Dina discipline, we ask the vice principals and principals to recommend to us students who they feel need help. Need some support. So, yeah, yeah, need the support. So they and Mario. Or guidance. Hey, best believe so the school like the opportunity, you know. So you know, say so the school has sent the one where them have pan top of them list that hey, right, right, right. So you get the top, you get the top five. We get the top five <laughs> all the time. We get the ones who are at the top. Right. And those are the ones we really want, actually. And, and they tend to they tend to match up, right? The matchups yeah, were, were good at yeah, yeah, the school can tell, yeah. Yeah, man, the schools they, and Mario, one child in particular was enrolled in a program and 
he transformed the school called the foundation and said, listen, what, that what, child was what is Palmer? it? Yes. Uh, was, yes. There's an article. Yes. There's an article out there. I did, I did my research. <laughs> I don't come in here without no research. Yeah, man. Big up, Derek. Big up, big up, big up. That's big up funny. Moments. I was going to ask you, I was going to actually create that moment where I threw the name at you and I wanted you to tell me the story. And um, it's funny that it was the same story you were telling me. But all right, man, so Bridget Derek, is mommy. Man. Bridget spends his money on her child. Derek Palmer. <laughs> yes. Tell me yes. about that, that mentorship story. Yeah, man. Derek was, um, I mean, <laughs> his name is out there already. I was trying to I know. Say, but, it was, but, I know you were trying to. I didn't remember oh, I'm that. Sorry. I, didn't, I, didn't I, remember. I figured because the article was out there. Right, that right. There, secret, yeah, right? I mean, it's it, it's there. And it's, it's a legitimate... Um, uh, it's something that story. happened, right? And it's a good story. Yes. Derek was, uh, you know, he was one of the students that his parent had to visit the school very frequently, very, very frequently. And once when he came on the program, uh, he came on it for a six months trial period. It was our first launch of this new framework right. that we were introducing. Right. So yeah, test it out. Yeah, man, we test it out first. Cause we don't want jumping or something and it no work out. We kind of want test it to out. see, and then we did our evaluations and say, oh well, this is this is what working, this is what not working. So he was one of them, um, and he he really strive and be, he, he strive with a mentor mentee relationship. Uh, Derek was uh, Derek was one of the persons who never gone to Devon House. He had never had pizza. He had never. Yeah, so, yeah. And, 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 I mean, yeah. he's from the inner city. And these are the type of things that the foundation uh, aims to do. Give them a new perspective on life. Broaden their mindset. Like, hey, beyond beyond uh, beyond this, uh, your current state, your current community, there are others uh, out there that probably you would consider to be better. But most of yeah. these children, they don't know. because. All, all their lives, they grew up in their community. And the, f- the farthest place some of these children go is downtown. And that's it. Downtown, yeah. back to home. So uh, w- w- we took him, we broadened his mindset. Right? We show him things that he needed to see and experience as a child. And our mentor, Nadine, to this date, even though the mentee-mentor relationship has ended... For that chapter, Nadine, our mentor, is still an integral part in that family. Like she still supports uh, her mentee and she's there for him. It's like you form a relationship, a a professional relationship with Claire Bond. That becomes a a friendship. That becomes something embedded in the family structure. Like Nadine is now like an anti-Nadine to him. And you know the strategies we use we train our mentors and we train them with strategies of effective mentorship and you know so they apply these um these things and nadine when i lie my heart my heart warm now because it's like in this conversation what you reminded me of a while ago is as we grow and get more as adults Mm -hmm. sometimes we quickly forget what we never had yeah. It's funny how as you evolve, you kind of, well, you should never forget. But, you know, in the, on the days when you want more and more and more, right, you really start taking for granted what right. you have. Right, right. I mean, and it's kind of a good reminder, especially at a time like this. 
Yeah. <laughs> that we have so much. That we have so much. Like, you yeah, know, somebody never have pizza before. Exactly. And for a lot of people, for a lot of people, that's just a blink for them. They just Hell call yeah. Domino's and pizza get delivered. Exactly. Absolutely. And people forget yeah. that there are a lot of people who have never experienced these things that they think are so simple. Exactly. And trust for somebody me, else is like going to Disney World. It, it, Mario, and but not, I'll say 90% of the intake that we have never experience yeah. life outside of their communities and you know it, 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 it it's, it's very it's very sad and it's just the reality and you can't blame the parents because right. they, they grew up in that type of life and probably some of them may want to do better but their financial their economic situation doesn't permit it so we can't blame them but and that is why I, we step in as a foundation to kind of bridge that gap, you know, to kind of bridge help gap. these children experience something new. Jason, would you say that you had a mentor growing up? Hold on. I, I think I lost you earlier. Um, could you repeat that? I was, I was saying, do you, would you say that you had a mentor growing up? I think so. I think I did. Of Neil Smith, off the bat, I, she's the first person I can think of. She was my vice principal at Donald Quarry and still is my mentor. Um, in a, any little Timmy can run, go to her. Any little support, she's a brilliant woman with, oh my gosh, like me, me like bright people. Mary, I'm sorry. I like, I, li- I like, <laughs> you like smart people. I, no, I like su- successful right. people. I, I like to attach right. myself with people who I deem to be, you know, hey, what can I learn from this individual? What can I take away? Right. And Ovnell Smith right. was one of those persons off the bat that, you know, and my pastor, um, you know, those are what the kind that, of qualities did they I, um, embed in you? Leadership, um, yeah. ability to think outside of the box. Uh, especially my vice principal, she was, you know, you know, actually, Mario, you know that my vice principal, she was the first person who took me to Carib Theater. Like that, oh, yeah? my first experience was in high school. Like my vice principal with her children, she, she took on a keen interest in me because she saw my potential. And to this date, we are we are like son, mother and son. Like I can call her, no one talk to her like my mother. You know, and she she took she, she took me on and bring me to Carib, and that was my first, and I will never forget that first experience. So <laughs> it was fun. It was it it was in, it was exciting to sit in a box and watch big TV at this time. So <laughs> right, right. You know? So yeah. she she did for you what you ended up doing, doing for, for others. Yeah, yes. So it it probably tied in out as well. Tell me a little bit about some of the challenges in. The big challenges. I know there's a whole other podcast mm-hmm. in running a foundation. And what are the things you encounter that are difficult to keep it running? And why do you keep doing it? Mario, uh, right now I have written to Corporate Jamaica, a number of places asking for help to uh, to run a project that I want to launch for Child's Month. Um, I want to go back. We have selected two communities in Jamaica that are with we feel that the crime statistics are, are very high and we want to go into that community to rescue some of the, uh, the youngsters from being recruited from crimin- uh, by criminal elements. In, into, wa- gang, into, yes, gang life. Into, into gang life. And one of the biggest challenges that I face or that the foundation faces is funding. Most of these activities that we do, they are from outer pocket. Um, and we have had... Um, we have had help from Mark Golding, who was, he's a very 
keen supporter in terms of um, helping us to get financial um, support. So I, mm-hmm. I want to publicly acknowledge his contribution to the foundation. And, you know, the biggest challenge that we fa- find is that we, 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 we are, we, we lack the funding to, to carry out the projects and to make the impact that we are making. Because it, it, right. we want, uh, we want, uh, we want, uh, we want, uh, we want to, when we evaluate the project, it must be that um, there was some form of positive impact. And this is going to require money. Nobody's going to take up their time while we do it for free. Like the board members, we're all volunteers. But where did you learn all of this stuff? Meaning the ability to what you you described to me. I guess you didn't have that knowledge in the beginning. How did you learn to create a project, have outcomes? These are project management. And I think things that foundations do. This came from the or the place in Oregon. Did you just naturally kind of connect these? No, you learned these skills. No, I don't. No, it did, it. What we took from Oregon, to be quite honest, is just the mentorship component. Right. That 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 type of thing. Um, I, at UTech, I did general management, and a lot of my wow. courses had project management and building organization, organization culture. Right. And I was. By the way, I was the top performing general management student at UTEC for 2016. All right. All right. Okay. <laughs> Yo, man, get me award and all these things. I mean, forget me, award and, you know, it was a good feeling. So I uh, I learned these principles through my studies at UTEC. And it, it, it was something that I was passionate about. And my my mother, who is an entrepreneur, and I see her start starting a number of businesses and how she go about doing it. And, you know, those principles came too from my mother and what I right. learned through school. Right. So you could create objectives and have outcomes and yeah, connect man. all the dots in between. Yeah, man. Have your Mentioning... smart objectives and all of them things. Make sure so you can. You know? <laughs> plan some things with your <laughs> Mentioning difficulty getting funding. Tell me about NCB Foundation's gratitude project. Ah, hmm. Mario, that was something you know well too. Lord God. Big up NCB. What is that? What is NCB Foundation's gratitude project? And what happened to your foundation in relation to that? Oh boy. Big up NCB, my former employer to you know big them up. You know, um I you know <laughs> NCB. What was, the, what, what, was, what, what, what was the gratitude project? The 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 top prize was five hundred thousand. Um mm-hmm. and you had to people had to vote literally text to vote for your organization so we had to do, we had to do a campaign where we called people and reminded them to text and to you know and to support the and you uh, guys won right in oh yes oh yes oh my gosh so you we, won the 500,000 yeah man we win the 500,000 for the foundation that was that was a wow Mario, Mario you know well too much money me have to call it Mario vote already I should be, <laughs> me vote me vote many times what, what were the criteria for entry what was NCB looking for uh, well, well, they had uh, they had several categories. They had uh, they had categories that they selected, and they had right. an open category for um, people's nominated organization. So people had to nominate right. the organization. So we entered through right. that category, where you know yeah. people nominated us, and we saw the opportunity, and we we're like, hey, let's jump on it and try to see if we can win this five hundred thousand, and we won. 
in the end yeah by, and I'm by sure a landslide came to good use oh, by, yes. a landslide, eh? by a landslide because you are people what you don't know about jason and it's funny that i find even though we're both libras that's not my strength like asking for help is not my strength but um where do you get the confidence to to ask for what you want i mean is it the passion that drives it is the or, passion or are you just naturally a confident person no no mario it, it has to be a cause because there are people who ask me to do things and to ask for other people and i'm like me i'm not going to do that but if i'm passionate yeah. about it and if i see the cause and it's something that is personal and you know i feel the energy to to do especially if it's a good cause even if it's not created yeah. by me but if it's something that i yeah. think that huh this would be an effective um Activity or something. I right. Mario, may we go through the may we we go find the energy. Mario, find the energy. May we go to, may we go to Barack Obama and Michelle Obama. <laughs> you Just remind me of my album launch. <laughs> like if, if you know me, you know, I'm gonna really ask somebody for no, I'm gonna really answer my phone for fun, but or call people for fun. We see when I had my album launch and I knew those albums were coming from the US into Jamaica and I had to execute a launch. Right, right. Anything I needed, I called for it. Can I do that? <laughs> but as, as you said, though, my point is that it was tied to the fact that this has to be done and this yeah. is important. Yeah. But outside of that, I am not asking much. Yeah, not, <laughs> me either. I am, I'm, I'm kind of an independent type. I, you know, try to do it on my own. Very, purpose. very. But it has to be a cause to, to get that side of me, you know, going. <laughs> right, alive. All right, I have an interesting question for you. What is your belief system I mean do you believe in god do you believe in in alice Alassi? and i ask you that because i'm going to tell, tell you the next question after you tell me what you believe in uh, i believe in the higher power i believe in god i believe in jesus off the bat i'm a christian i believe that you're you know, a christian yeah I, how, I believe in god. how which leads to my question how do you connect charity to god uh well, you know, Jesus always Jesus called the, the people and feed them with the fish and the bread. <laughs> yeah. That's charity. That's charity in itself, giving back to people. Um, uh, you know, tying Christianity. It, it's a. I I think Christianity is tied to uh, kindness. You know, compassion. Uh, I think going being in charity, you have to have those components. You, you, I, I, I mean, people will never start a charity. Or mean right. people, people who don't give will never start a charity. People who right. doesn't have compassion will never go into charity. And Christianity right. is connected to those type of attributes that you have to have some form or level of kindness, some form of compassion, some form of care to be able to go in charity. So I tie the the the, the principles of Christianity. Um to be similar to right. to the principles of uh, being involved in charity. And where do you see Friends of a Child Foundation going? What's the ultimate vision for Friends of a Child? Mario, right now we have a framework. Boy, I'm tell you, say if we're, we're actually writing, we, we are seeking opportunities for funding. So if anybody listening to this podcast and know of any opportunity out there that, you know, that can help us, we want to have a FOUCH Academy. And FOUCH comes from the acronym Friends of a Child Health Foundation. Got you. Right. <laughs> we, we want to have a FOUCH Academy where we, we, it's like a date, it's like an everyday thing where the schools will find these children to be 
challenging, send them to the academy and we train them. We teach them social skills. We teach them how to become right. better um, uh, people. We teach them. We try to do behavior modification and have a lot of children's psychology and psychology in play, that type of thing. Right. So um, you don't even have to go to them. They will start to come. Yeah, you. man. We want, them, we, want <laughs> right. them, we want them to say, okay, talk to the parents and send them to the Fouch Academy. Bring them here. And they learn these things. Yes. Right? And, and we teach them, you know, try to help them to become better children or, or, or to modify their behavior. Um, I, where I want to see, I want to see friends of a child as a household foundation name in Jamaica. And that's where we are heading. Like I want it in every nook and cranny at Jamaica. Like people must know. Yep. Right, yep. right. If we what? have bran- branches, every parish yeah, like man. A, a, a friends of a child. When yeah. they talk about bad people, they must say, I'm going to call friends of a child for you. Because you, you want to call friends of a child. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to want to go. But yeah, then before man. you know it, friends of a child is going to become a school. Uh, well, but that's how things evolve uh, sometimes. I mean, right? yeah, it's more of a more of a mentorship type of, you know. Right, than a, than a Training, school, than yeah. A more of a yeah. behavior modification center more of you know we have attracted so many good people to be a part of our uh board we have a psychologist from the university of the west indies who is a uh, who is a lecturer um we mm-hmm. have law we have an attorney at law who is a part of our team we have uh, a number of people we have uh media people it, it's like you know a lot of people and i'm sure they offer a lot of a lot of value what mario you think we could appear liar if you run up and down with them people i know right get these i know right started. you think we could appear <laughs> psychology lecturer at the university right, to, right, right. To, to, to offer guidance and create um uh, right things that we needed to measure and all of that no we, we for that right now but i mean you know it, it goes to show that the foundation is growing and people see value in it and you know i'm just i'm just beseeching and asking anybody out there if you want to contribute go on our website we have a website right. and we're uh, working on new websites uh, as well i'm going to make you plug that in a second jason i have one last question for you and i just want to say you are definitely such an extraordinary human and one thing about this podcast for me it was not about me interviewing people who are famous, even though I might interview famous people. Right. But it was about me recognizing that everybody's story has a truth that can be told and that this truth will will impact someone else. Yeah. You, the, the, the title for this episode came straight out of the sky and I decided it was going to be a spirit of kindness. And I think it was perfect because you not only embody a spirit of kindness, you have created a lifestyle of kindness. So my final question to you is, yeah, <laughs> how, what would you suggest to people for them to also have a lifestyle of kindness? Uh, <clears throat> start putting yourselves in other people's shoes. Think about your life in a next man's uh, situation and, 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 and try to feel how Try to put, just try to connect that feeling with that person. How would you feel, and what would you want uh, someone to do if you were in that situation? And I think that's powerful. If you are not able to do that, then I am—I uh, don't know, Mario. If you see a brother and he's in a situation that legitimately needs—he needs help—and you can't put yourself in that situation, especially when you're in a position to help. And what are the worst if that person even come to you and say, hey, I need help, you know? 
and you're not able to put your put yourself in their situation, especially when there's a legitimate need, you know, some a, a, a situation that needs help, not legitimate. You can't go around that, and you're not able to put yourself in that person's shoes. Then, Maria, I don't know. So my advice to people is that try to live in someone else's lens and see how they feel and how you would want someone to treat you if you were in that situation. Start there and you'll find the heart of compassion start to develop where you're looking now for opportunities to help people. And if you haven't, if you're living for yourself, you're not truly living. When you live and make other people around you live as well, you get an inner joy and an inner peace and an inner, I don't know, it's a feeling that is that is beyond explanation. Um, but, but try and live for others. And I think there's a quote, I don't remember who said it, but it, the essence of the quote is you haven't really lived until you've helped somebody. I'll say no more, Jason. That was beautiful. And all I'll say is that that's why a lot of people come alive in parenthood. I'll leave that there. Um, how can people find Help a Child well, Foundation? Not well, Help a Child, Friends of a Child Foundation. Let's get this right, you see? <laughs> well, Friends of a Child. Tell us everywhere you guys can be found. And if you want to also plug your personal um, stuff, you don't have to, but if you feel like you can also add that. Yeah, man, we, 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 are, we are on Instagram at Friends of a Child Help Foundation. We are on the web. We are on Facebook. Um, I will tag the... I will tag... I will tag the link down below so you can, you know, click it and see what it's, what we are about. Um, but we are on all social media platform except inst, uh, except uh, Twitter. Right. But we are on Instagram, Facebook. We have a website up, and we have yeah. You can you can find us there. Demos, um, your concerns, questions, anything that you want to tell us. Yes. Jason Evans, thank you. Libra man from Jamaica will be um, doing wonderful things, giving of himself to the world and um, living in other people's shoes, helping them to have experiences they've never had and just really making them have a life that maybe they never dreamed that they would have. Jason, thank you so much for your time. Um, I enjoyed talking to you and I wish you all the best. Thank the you. Foundation. I look forward to seeing it in every parish and internationally. <laughs> and um yeah thank you for being on talk truth thank you my friend talk truth <laughs> <laughs> all right take care yeah man you just listened to episode number 57 wow of talk truth this is season three and we are almost getting to episode 60 which is our last episode for the season just three more to go that's 58 59 60 that's right don't forget to follow us on social media at tlk trth that's talk truth without the vowels on all platforms we do have talktruthja.com spelled out t-a-l-k-t-r-u-t-h-j-a.com that's our website and feel free to send us an email at talktruthja at gmail.com i love to be here with you every week having these conversations of truth with people with interesting stories as jason said Look into yourself and live in the shoes of somebody else. It was really an inspiring conversation and just reminded me of how wonderful and blessed my life is and how much I need to live for others and um, give back in some kind of unique and special way. 
As usual, this is Talk Truth, a place where your truth shall become your power and set you free. Until next time, guys. Peace.